goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends. It is Thursday. Welcome to your Thursday Rush Hour. Here on WABC, if you want to be part of today's program, all you have to do, hit us up at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. So much to discuss. You know it's Thursday. That means Andrew Giuliani will be with us. Later in this program, and we have a lot to discuss. Of course, there are a lot of a lot of things to discuss, including this. Have you been to? Let me ask the crew. Andrew's here now too, so we'll ask Andrew too. So, Diego, have you been to the U.S. Open? Have you been following any of the U.S. Open? I have. Uh, I haven't been following it, but I've been to the U.S. Open. Oh, I was going to go, but I, I'm trying to lose weight, and I'm afraid I'd get too hungry if I smelled what was going on there. Aha! Well, you have swerved right into it, Andrew. I got a note from broadcast engineer Mike Mamone, who was Russia's broadcast engineer for those many decades, alerting me to a news story that I had not seen. And the story is... A U.S. Open player has now backed the claim of marijuana smells on Court 17. And the story from Fox News uh, says it isn't just Maria Sacri who smelled marijuana during her match at the 2023 U.S. Open. She is the number eight seed on the women's bracket, upset in the first round. She said that she had been, you know, a little distracted, I guess, from smelling the marijuana, but another player, Alexander uh, Zverev, told the Associated Press, oh my God, it's everywhere. The whole court smells like weed. It smells like Snoop Dogg's living room. Now, Mike, of course, had a brilliant comeback for this. Mr. Malone says, how dare people complain about the new illegal pot smoke? Besides, Snoop's living room really smells like Martha Stewart. <laughs> that, that's good. I had just figured that Bill de Blasio was looking for a job, so he became one of the linesmen, and that's why it smelled that way. But I like that one, too. Meanwhile, I did not realize that Martha Stewart had been in the news. Have you heard about the Martha Stewart controversy? Well, get this. I'm so happy that I can bring this to your attention. Yesterday, Martha Stewart was being slammed on social media. 
The 82-year-old lifestyle guru, and she does not look 82, let's be honest. We hope that at 82, many of us could retain those vestiges of our youth. Martha Stewart was accused of being tone deaf. She is on a cruise up in the Iceland and Greenland area. She took a picture of herself with a drink, and she revealed that she and apparently her mates on this cruise had captured an iceberg, a little iceberg. And the chunks of iceberg were being used for her cocktail. Well, her drink. Snoop. Um, And so she posted a picture of chunks of ice sitting on a cart. Well, the environmentalists are not pleased. They are not happy that Martha Stewart is now chopping off pieces of glacier and putting them in her drinks and then boasting about it on social media. They're calling her, uh, I, you know, uh, people are saying, I, I look, I love Martha and the excesses of her life because it's about beautiful gardens, home, food. But wealthy white people drinking iceberg cocktails while the planet is in flames is a little bit tone deaf. That's one of the criticisms. Wealthy white people, would it make a difference if she were not white? Wealthy white people drinking their iceberg cocktails while the planet is in flames is a bit tone deaf. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. From Snoop to Martha to weed and tennis. Thank you, Mr. Mamone. Great catches as always, sir. Uh, You will be interested to know, those of you that follow the weather, and by the way, the pictures coming out of Florida are horrific. Some of the pictures that are coming out of Florida, the west coast of Florida, are absolutely horrific. Houses totally shattered, ruined, floods, like you can't believe, damage, just, just, just terrible damage. But uh, those of you up east, up north, you, you, you not rich folks north of Richmond might be interested to know that Hurricane Franklin in the Atlantic remains a formidable Category 4 as it churns toward the north. Now it's expected to uh, pass Bermuda, and it probably did, probably passed Bermuda already, and... Uh, It's expected to uh, spread northward toward the east coast. East coast. That would be you. That would be us. That would be you. East coast of the United States. And maybe on up to Canada. And by the way, there's another storm brewing, a tropical storm that has just formed out there in the Atlantic. Tropical storm Jose. So we shall see where Jose Go, yes, uh, it's a migrant storm, apparently. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. And I and if anybody asks or complains about it, I will 
I will absolutely disavow anyone who did say such a thing. Terrible. Mitch McConnell, you all know that uh, Mitch has had a little difficulty lately. He froze up again. Uh, The Capitol attending physician, Brian Monahan, has examined Mitch. He has consulted Mitch. He has examined Mr. McConnell. And he said, and this is a quote, Mitch McConnell is medically clear to continue with his schedule as planned. The physician also said that it is not uncommon, and I'm looking for the quote, it's not uncommon, I had read it earlier, it's not uncommon for people that have had a concussion to actually have to deal with being lightheaded on occasion. So it happens. That is not stopping some of the critics of Mr. McConnell from stepping forward. Georgia, Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, says that Mitch McConnell's family and staff should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely ashamed. For letting, get that, letting, letting the senator remain in office. I want you to take, take special note of those words. His family and his staff, says Marjorie Taylor Greene, should be ashamed for letting him remain in office. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I loathe are people trying to tell me what it is I should be doing on certain things. Now, advice is one thing, and people that have it good, maybe you ought to consider this, maybe you should consider that, that's one thing. But can you imagine a grown behind man family telling him, you better step down. Or worse than that, your staff telling you, hey, you it's time for you to go. Quit. That's not the way this works, Ms. Green, in the real world. In the real world, even when you get older, you have some say over your own life. You just because you're 81. Oh, it sounds like he's. It sounds like he's. It sounds like he's on Miss McConnell's side. Look, I'm not a medical doctor. If Mitch McConnell's doctors are saying, "Hey, it's not uncommon to be lightheaded after a concussion," and he's okay to continue service because he froze at a press conference on two occasions. You say he should just give up his job? He should stop working? He should give up power? Really? What makes Ms. Green the medical expert to tell somebody else what to do? I like Marjorie Taylor Green. She's been on the show before. 
But I disagree with her on this wholeheartedly. You know, Marjorie, you're going to get old one day. God willing, you live like we all do. If we're lucky, we'll get old one day, older. And your family's not going to tell you when it's time for you to step down. That's your decision. Your staff isn't going to tell you when to step down. That's your decision. I mean, that remark just rubbed me the wrong way. Now, I know, I know, people are looking at Diane. She she didn't, by the way, in all fairness, she's not picking on just Mitch. She says that Joe Biden should resign. Senators John Fetterman, Diane Feinstein should resign. But I come back to this, you know. It is the voters in America who decide when their elected officials should step down, and they themselves. Now, Democrats are whining and whining about Dianne Feinstein now. They want a new senator in California. They want to replace her. And I get that. But it's not up to them. I also happen to think back and thought back about the late Supreme Court Justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Buzzy Ginsburg. Democrats were trying to tell her to step down, step down so we can pick somebody else. If she had stepped down when they wanted her to, the court might not have the makeup that it did now. I'm glad she didn't step down. Now, people may, on the other side, may, you're making our argument. That's why we want Mitch to step down. Hey, 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 hey. You're not a doctor. And even if you were a doctor, you're not Mitch's doctor. And if Mitch's doctor told him it's time to step down, guess who that's between? That's between Mitch and his doctor. It's not up to you. You know, there are a lot of older Americans in their 80s and in their 90s and beyond who have plenty, plenty of wisdom and guidance to offer. And because someone is older and because they may be experiencing a health problem at the moment doesn't mean that they should be treated like they're expendable garbage and just get out. I find the whole thing repulsive and distasteful. Speaking of repulsive and distasteful, your Congress is at it again in your White House. The White House today is asking Congress to pass another one of these short-term CRs, a spending measure, because you know what? Guess what? We're running out, not we, they're running out of money again. On September 30th, we're told, oh, here's the latest crisis, ladies and gentlemen, yes. On September 30th, no more dinero, no mas. The money train stops. The fiscal year, which begins on October 1st, is not funded. And so... The Biden administration is asking Congress not to come up with the budget, but just do another one of these short-term dealies. 
Just give us enough money to get us by. And we shall see if the House, which controls appropriations according to the Constitution, is going to go along with this and the Senate. I hope that one day we all live long enough to see a Republican Party and a president that just knows how to say no. No, we're not doing it. Nope. Here's the budget. Take it or leave it or have a government shutdown. And by the way, it has a lot of spending cuts in it. By the way, we're not funding a lot of the things that you guys used to beat us over the brains with. I wish that we would see a Republican Party with a set of onions that could stand up and actually say no to this gravy train of spending that seems to occur every few months like clockwork. James Golden Snurdly here on WABC. You know what happened today? And music history. The movie was released. 1984. The movie starring Prince opened, and this film grossed more than $80 million at the box office. Purple Rain and Prince coming back right after this. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today, Gina Schrock. Drummer for the Go-Go's. We got the beat. Right here on WABC. By the way, um, forecasters, you know, we did a little weather earlier. The National Weather Service uh, uh, yesterday started warning that the fires may not be over in Hawaii. Uh, There are gusty winds, low humidity. In Hawaii still, and that is raising the risk that there will be additional fires. Let us head to the telephones a bit early. Andrew Giuliani is going to join us. We have some more news to talk about, too. But let us go to Brooklyn, New York, and Steve. Steve, welcome. You're on WABC. 
Yes, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, I agree with you about the age discrimination. That's utterly unfair. I'm senior myself. But in his case, it's, neither, it's not just the concussion, it's not the age. It's the fact that he's a drunkard, that he's a lush, that his brain is pickled. And it's irresponsible to have our nation's fate in somebody who's clouded over by alcohol to that degree. How do you know that he is an alcoholic? How do you know that? He shows all the signs of it through his Okay, whole... look, let me tell you something. I, I, this is something that I don't often do, um, which is chastise my listeners, but I think that making those kind of uh, allegations about anybody without any direct proof is scandalous. I don't think it's acceptable. You know, um, people are making those kind of charges about people that we love. Okay, I read a story yesterday about someone that we care for very much. And they're claiming he drinks too. They don't know. They're not in the They haven't been with him. They don't know what his life is like. You don't know what Mitch's life is like. So you may be, I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't know. And if you don't know as a matter of direct experience, I think it's slanderous to accuse somebody of that. And I don't think it's the right thing to do. Now I'm going to give you the last word, Steve, because I try to be a fair guy. What do you say? Number one, he's a man in public office. Number two, some of us don't drink at all, and we can discern it because we have sensitivities to the issue, and we know alcoholics. I don't drink at all. I don't drink. I don't drink either, but I have an alcoholic, and I do know what it is like. I've witnessed the symptoms. And by the way, if you doubt me, you know who else confirms that? Your friend, uh, Curtis. Look, Curtis is not a medical doctor. Curtis doesn't live with, with, with Mitch McConnell. I mean, come on, look, 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 look. One of the things that I think we need to do is dial down some of this rhetoric. I mean, you start calling people names. It's one thing to call people political names, okay, based on policy. It's one thing to say, okay, someone's, you know, not the brightest bulb in the drawer when it comes to policy or whatever. But these kind of personal attacks on other people, you have no direct knowledge of Mitch McConnell's life. And for you to sit out and continue and make these claims based on your observations is not something that we should be doing. That's not what we should be using the airwaves for. We should actually, if you, you know, my mother and dad used to tell us something when we were kids. If you can't say something nice about somebody, shut up. If you can't be nice to people, keep your mouth shut. Now, that would have been disastrous for me because I never learned how to keep my mouth shut, as you can tell. And by the way, I've had my fair share when I was a kid of wax because of it. But at the same time, come on, let's be fair to people. You can think what you want to think about somebody, but when you go in public and you start slandering people or saying things that could be slanderous, that's a whole other level. I'm sorry, I didn't give you the last word like I said, but yeah, I just reacted. Mike in Oyster. My, uh, Steve, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. Mike in Oyster Bay. Thanks for the call, Steve. Mike in Oyster Bay, how are you? Hey, good, James. Um, so I agree with you. The concussion, uh, if that's the diagnosis from his doctor, you're usually self-limiting and he'll get better. So why should he resign from uh, his office for that? As opposed to Fetterman, which no one seems to be bothered by. That's a chronic illness. He's never going to get better from what he has. And no one seems to be shouting him down. Maybe because he's younger, but there's age discrimination right there. But I will say, though, Kentucky, they have that Kentucky windage. It's kind of hard to keep your hands off of. 
<laughs> Here we go. Okay, let me just say this again. No one has any direct, when you have, when people bring direct evidence, I'll listen. Outside of that, I don't think it's appropriate. Now, um, in terms of Fetterman, you know, I have gotten into arguments most of my career on radio with people who all the time, ever since the Republicans brought it up with the contract with America, we need time limits. We need time limits. We need time limits. Hey, folks, we have term limits. It's called an election. Every election is a chance for you to term limit politicians that you don't think are doing the job. And you know how you do that? You get out and you make the case to the voters that the person you don't believe should be in office needs to go. The power in this country, not by accident, resides with the voters when the elections aren't cheated on. Make the case with the voters. Thank you, Ms. Churchill, one of America's premier songwriters, just weighed in and composer. She's awesome. And she says, you know, unsubstantiated stuff is sometimes called gossip. Yes, it is. James Golden Snurley coming back. Andrew Giuliani's going to join us. Oh, baby, Marvin takes us in. Today is the birthday of the bass player. We love bass players here. He also plays saxophone. Now, those of you jazz files know his name, Wilton Felder. You know him from the Crusaders. But he also played on this one. He's playing bass. Let's get it on. He also played bass on the Jackson 5's I Want You Back. You mean that wasn't Jermaine playing the bass? No, that wasn't Jermaine playing the bass. He played on ABC. And, of course, all the Crusaders. Many hits, like Street Life. Snurdly. On Rush Hour, coming back with you. Don't go away. Since we got to be When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Today's also the birthday of Bob Welsh, former member of Fleetwood Mac. He had his own solo career as well. Hot love, cold world, ebony eyes, precious love, sentimental lady. Bob Wells, happy birthday. Well, heavenly birthday. He took himself out back in 2012. 
Hey, these things happen. Yeah. Andrew Giuliani is here with us. Andrew. Bo, it is there great is... to be with you, as always. Thank you, Andrew. My pleasure is having you. It's, I, I enjoy these chats with you. You know what they're doing in Los Angeles? Well, you know, they're doing plenty of things in Los Angeles. But you know what the uh, Los Angeles City Council is doing now, has decided to do? They're going to look into taking legal action against the Texas governor over busing migrants to Los Angeles. You know, James, this no. this is – I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, you know, but this is the point that I made about Eric Adams in New York is that Eric Adams is the one who invited this problem. He really yes. ended up poking the bear with Greg Abbott. He called him racist, all sorts of things. Last summer, Eric Adams was campaigning to be the Democratic nominee for president. Less than a year in to his time as mayor of New York. That's why he was down at the Port Authority for pictures trying to pose to make sure that he was welcomed in a Democratic primary, potentially in 2024 or 2028. And he allowed this debacle to happen in New York. So uh, I can't say I'm surprised that California is doing this because it seems like California and New York are at a race to the bottom when it comes to all of our public policy. But here, okay, and you nailed it. I mean, these were the guys that probably stood out and said, correct me if I'm wrong, it was either San Francisco or Los Angeles that was one of the first American cities to stand up and say, we are sanctuary cities. We welcome illegal immigrants here. And they started handing out benefits by the score. Now, so far, there have been about 10 buses that have come through lately, and there were more. The last time I was in SoCal, there are entire cities, as you go closer to the border, that look like, you know, uh, Democrats always tell us something looks like America. There are entire cities that look like Mexico. You're absolutely right. I mean, my grandparents grew, lived there when I was growing up, so I would go out there once or, or twice a year if we were lucky. And I just remember it being such a beautiful place. It, it's an amazing place. The last few times I've gone out there, though, I've driven through L.A., and it is amazing to this. I remember a couple of years ago, even Cher, the, the liberal Cher, was getting killed by the left because she had said it had gotten too far. Now I can't imagine where it's gone just in the last few years when you add this migrant crisis on top of it there, Bo. It, it is unbelievable to me, but just seeing it from New York's perspective – uh, I can imagine, and I think it's it's one of the main reasons why, if you look at the statistics, there are no two states, I think Illinois may be the other one, but between New York, California, and Illinois, those are the three top states in the country at out-migration because more and more taxpayers are looking and saying, our quality of life is going downhill. I'm paying a premium to live in New York or in California or even in Illinois. What am I getting in return for that? Why wouldn't I go to a state where I'm respected as a taxpayer, where I ultimately can look and say, you know what, maybe my kids won't also, on top of all of this, be taught that gender is just a construct. So it's a whole litany of things, but certainly I think we're seeing it now more than ever that many places, many of the leaderships in these places, the emperor really has no clothes in terms of their lack of vision for 
uh, for the for their state, for their city, uh, and because of that, people are leaving. Migrants living in temporary shelters in New York City will not need to have their children vaccinated to enroll them into the city's public school system. Officials said this during a press conference yesterday. Migrants living in temporary shelters, they say, have a certain time frame, whatever that means, (laughs) that the vaccinations need to be obtained once they're in school. Now, Andrew, this is a Fox News story. Mm -hmm. You... An American citizen cannot send your kid to a public school in New York unless they are vaccinated. You can't do it. They tell you no. No, we're not going to take your American citizen child. Further, Mayor Adams fired people who worked for this city, including health care workers who, when no one else, was willing to go into those hospitals when we didn't even understand the origins or what COVID truly was. The nurses, the doctors risked their lives because they love people, they love what they do, they honor their profession, they risk their lives to help people. Some of these very people were then fired by this mayor and these Democrats in this city When they said, we have examined what this vaccine is, and for our own personal health, we don't feel comfortable with it, they were fired. Now we're being told that people who have entered this country illegally don't have to have their kids vaccinated to go to New York City schools, but you, you peasant, low-life Scum of the earth, American citizens, better vaccinate your kids or we're not going to let you in. Oh, I'm only laughing because really on the inside I'm crying. Uh, Think about this. On top of everything that you just said, those heroes, those men and women that were going into work every single day, those police officers, those firefighters, those nurses, those sanitation workers going in every single day at the beginning of the pandemic when most people were in their underwear and going on Zoom, they were going in every single day. Most of those people that were fired that chose not to get the shot, they didn't. They have not gotten their job back. And I have to tell you, that's Bo, right. Yeah, they haven't gotten their job back still. And I have to tell you, I know this issue very well because during my campaign for governor, uh, I had chosen not to get the shot, and I had consulted with my doctor, and we had done at the time we had done antibody tests, and we looked, and, and my antibodies because I had gotten COVID. Uh, of which basically I had about a 48 hour temperature and then, and then was okay after that. He had said, I don't see a medical reason for you to get this. If anything, you might overload your body with antibodies. So from his perspective, I listened to him and said, you know what? Okay. I'm going to listen to my doctor on this. When it came time for debates, both CBS t- television in New York and New York one, which is a New York based station, Spectrum News would not allow me in the room for debates. 
And that's even with the other candidates who had chosen to get it saying we will we want him to be in the room. There will be enough space between the moderators uh, and the candidates where this is not an issue. There's no way to translate this. Also, we we're we're totally happy if he decides to take a test that day, test negative and is in that room. In two of the gubernatorial debates just last year, they would not let me in the room because of that. Now, I'm not saying that that is that I that I have received the brunt of this because you're absolutely right. It's these heroes. It's these men and women who have chosen not to get the shot, who have gone in every single day during this pandemic that they they should not pay with their job. And it's crazy to think that the illegal migrants can go to school without the shot. It's unbelievable. But that's the topsy turvy world that we're living in right now, Bo. And, and like I said before, I don't know at what point people decide that enough is enough. One of the differences that I see in the out-migration in New York now versus, let's say, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, is that a lot of times it was people retiring that were going down to Florida, people in their 60s and 70s enjoying their golden years in Florida. Now I see more people that are my age, that have younger kids, that are asking themselves, I don't know if Florida or New York is a better place to raise my kids. And more and more people that are looking at it are saying, maybe Texas, maybe Tennessee, maybe Florida is a better place to raise my children. Maybe the quality of life is better. And this is a whole other reason. Andrew, I did a story on this last week. New York has lost over a trillion dollars in just Wall Street jobs Ugh. that have fled out of New York because of these kind of issues. Yeah. Last one, and you'll have to do it really quickly because we are out of time. Yes. and I'm going to push it. New York City has demanded that Joe Biden fast track migrant worker permits so that the illegal immigrants swamping New York City can compete for jobs. Uh, the solution was just in the last t- thing that we talked about right there, which is if we have a job deficit here, it's got to go to these people that have lost their jobs, that were heroes, that chose not to get the shot. That's where those jobs should go. It should not go to these illegal migrants. That's simple. Andrew Giuliani, thank you, my friend. Always, I look, I so look forward to our chats on Thursday. It is circled in my calendar every Thursday. Thank you, as always, for having me, Bo. Thank you, Andrew. Such a pleasure, always. James Goldman, a.k.a. Snurdly, on WABC. You know what time it is. It's time for us to check in with Lou Dobbs. And then, oh, yeah, there's a story with this one. I always love this song, too. George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. He lost that case. He lost the, um, it was called unconscious, a subconscious plagiarism. Like, he didn't mean to plagiarize it, but he did. And he had to give the money to, uh, yeah. And it still sounds good on WABC. George Harrison found guilty on this date in 1976 of subconscious plagiarism of the Ronnie Mack song, He's So Fine, when he wrote this, My Sweet Lord.
The earnings from My Sweet Lord were awarded to Ronnie Mack's estate. Now, I saw a George Harrison documentary that was absolutely, I don't know who produced it. I saw it some years ago, folks. It was absolutely, in the end of it, I was in tears. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs on WABC. Coming back, more of your calls coming up, so don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today also for Jerry Allison, drummer. For the Crickets, 1957. This one, that'll be the day. WABC Talk Radio 77. We're going to head right back to the telephones. Time is short. And let us go to Rick in Elmwood Park in New Jersey. Thank you for waiting. How are you, Rick? Okay, James, yourself? Good. When are we we going to put this iceberg-stealing bitch Martha Stewart in jail for life? Language, 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 language. And her stealing icebergs doesn't deserve a life sentence. Goodness gracious. People are loaded for bear. Tom in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Welcome you on WABC. Hello, Tom in Woodbridge. Going once, going twice. Let's go to my man in Mineola. Adam, Adam, how are you this afternoon? How you doing, sir? I'm all right. Um, What's going on, Adam? I see you let, uh, and, and, and the little Giuliani son, I let you let him slide on. Why, you know, his father ain't going to go to trial by combat like he wanted other people to do, sir. I didn't let anybody slide. We were talking about other things today. Now, Andrew has his own show on WABC. You are welcome to call Andrew and have a discussion with him. Andrew and I, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. It was right to the point on many things. Wow. Everybody's just so hostile. Does that make you feel better about yourself to be so hostile, Adam? I'm betting that Black Lives Matter to Mr. Rudy right now, though, sir. You're betting what? You You heard me? Look, you said something about Black Lives Matter and Rudy. What was it? I'm saying I'm betting Rudy believes Black Lives Matter now that he got to pay some black people some money. Look here. Okay, first of all, if you listen to Rudy's show, which I urge you to do, Rudy said that this is going to appeal. He could not get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. He's going to appeal it. The final final chapter on this has never been written. And you know what else has never been written? A really good explanation as to why what took place in Fulton County took place on election night. But that's a story for another time. Wow, the sarcasm, the hostility is just pouring out. Does it make you feel good to be so hostile to people? 
Sir, I'm, I'm just feeling real good today, sir. You really are. This is like you're almost in gloat mode. Oh, we got him now. Do you really think, can I ask you, Adam, do you think that this is good for the country? This continued hostility almost bordering on, I don't want to use the H word because I don't want to accuse you of that. I don't know you that to say that you hate people. I don't think you do. You're, you're a nice guy. But does it make you feel good to have so much hostility toward people you view as your political adversaries? Criminals must be prosecuted like every other criminal, sir. That's all I'm saying. Joe Biden's in the White House. He Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's walking free. Hillary Clinton, we all know that she did what she did, and they let her go. They said, oh, she didn't really mean it. That's what James Comey said. So you can say all of that, but as long as it's only applicable to one side of the aisle, it doesn't seem very fair to me. Does that seem fair to you, Adam? Hey, look how many people Trump gave pardons to, sir. Answer my question. Is it fair to you that some of the biggest people on the Democrat side who we know have been guilty of things that are criminal offenses have not paid a price for them? Is that fair? Sure. When Trump was president, he didn't prosecute nobody. Why is that? Excuse me. I'm not asking that question. Can you answer my question? Do you believe it's fair that Democrats, who we have proof did things that a criminal got off scot-free? Yes or no, Adam? Is it fair? Could you Adam? show me the proof, sir? Can I see the yes, proof? Yes, I will. I got to go now, but we'll dig out the proof. They admitted it. Comey admitted it. What more proof do you need? And he said, no, 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 no. She didn't mean it, though. It's intent. Well, that's not how the statute reads. We got to go. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones, and help lower down this hostility that is raging across so much of our society. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Bolsonaro's Rush Hour, and we will see you then. Bye.